Hey friends, welcome to the From Busy to Rich podcast. This podcast exists to inspire advisors like you to increase your profitability and your quality of life for yourselves and also for those that you serve. I am joined as always by Mr. Wes Young. Hello, Wes. How are you today? Howdy, Andy. Doing great. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and Justin, thank you for joining us as always. Great to have you and um, look forward to your contributions on this one because um, we were pre-show, we were talking a little bit and I'm excited to hear your perspective on a few of these things. So it's good to have you. Good to be here, sir. So today we're going to talk about um, endings, uh, not doing things. And what I find fascinating about this topic is so many people get overwhelmed because they just, they want to do new things, right, Wes? We want to get better. We want to do new things. But sometimes the answer is not just go do new things, right? It's also, you have to stop doing other things, right? Because the answer can always just be do more, right? right? Do more, do more, do more. So tell us from a 10,000, you know, you're up in the, you know, up in the plane view, right? Up, up, up above. What is this idea of closing time? What is, what is a message that you want to make sure that everyone lands today? Yeah, I, I think this is one of the ultimate uh, productivity paradox is that in order for me to be more productive, I need to stop doing certain things. And, and the reason we call it closing time is because you, I don't know if you remember the song, uh, back in the day called closing 100%. time. hundred percent. Oh yeah. And if you don't, if you've not heard it, you, you are in for a treat, just go pause me and go to YouTube and type in closing time and, and listen. But it, it's kind of funny. One of the, you know, songs, uh, lyrics is you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Uh, that, but that's not what this one's built around. This one's built around one of the, one of the lyrics in there which said every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. And, and I truly believe, and I want to talk a lot about this, that with all my heart, that, that there are things in, in, in our lives. If, if we are going to get to our next level professionally and um, personally, relationally, physically, financially, that, that one of the best things we can do is stop doing some things that we have been doing. Right. And, and, and with that, it comes like some interesting thing. Cause again, it's, it, it involves change. And, and I don't believe I was, I was, I was thinking about this the other day that people don't resist change as much as they resist loss. Mm. And, and for, for instance, nobody ever went into their boss's office and the boss said, listen, I got a change I'd like to make. I want to double your salary, Andy. And, and, and said, no, no, I, I resist change. I don't want that. You know, they, they, what they what they really resist is they resist uh, that that change may lead to loss or, or discomfort and and let's face it the familiar what you've been doing is very comfortable and and so oftentimes it's almost a form of uh, like like atrophy or decay that we the feeling of that that we take on when we think about not doing things that have been a big part of our life for yeah. a long time. Um. And there was there was one other quote that that kind of plays into this as well that I thought was good. It's old Oswald Chambers quote it says, "There's nothing naturally speaking that makes us lose heart quicker than decay." Um, you could also substitute change the the decay of bodily beauty, of natural life, of friendships, of associations. All these things make man lose heart. But Paul says, when we're trusting in Jesus Christ, these things don't find us discouraged. Light comes through them. Um. I think all that kind of cobbled together, Andy, to, to kind of give the high level view is that that there are things in my life and in your life and in Justin's life and everyone listening that 
that in order to get where we want to go, mm-hmm. in order to get to that next level in the areas of life we care about, um, not only do we, do we need to do new things, but we need to stop doing things that are just no longer serving us well, or maybe really never served us well at all. Isn't there a place as well, though, that because you said, you know, we want to stop doing things because they make us comfortable. I, I would submit there's a lot of people listening today that say, no, actually, there's a lot of things about my life that are not comfortable. There's a lot of things in my life I don't like. And yet they still don't want to change. Or I would maybe say we still don't want to change. That yeah. that it's it's there is a measure of truth in that. Like, yes, there is I don't want to change because I'm comfortable doing that. But it's almost like uh the the it, let's say on a scale of one to ten, the discomfort the person's feeling is like a four. But to change, they'd be like, That's an eight or nine. Yeah. And I'm not willing to go through the eight or nine to get rid of my four, even if on the other side of that is a two, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and the, and, and the discomfort or the dis, I will almost call it dislike. Like they might not like the situation they find themselves in that the current activities are producing. Yeah. But I do believe they're comfortable with it. They're familiar with it. Sure. And, yeah. 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 So, it, it, so I think, I think there's that difference is I can, I can dislike it and still sit in it in yeah. autopilot all day long. Um, I'm, la- I'm laughing, Wes, because we're having this, we're at this time of year right now and actually Nashville is in this massive cold snap and people are freaking out. Yeah, um, literally, it's like four degrees today, today, and it's you know we've got six inches of snow, and we haven't had that much in probably ten years. And what what I was reminded of is when I used to live in South Dakota, like this weather is called every day. That's what we call that weather, and it was. And people would ask the question, and and it's, it goes directly to this point of what we're talking about today is how did you deal with? How did you live with that? How yeah. did you live? I mean, I think it's negative fifteen in Sioux Falls today. And you're like, how do people live in that? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny when it's weather, but if you looked at, if someone else looked at your life, they might ask the question, how do you live in that? Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying people like are living in squalor, but like you get what you tolerate. Right. So there's things yeah. in my life that I am becoming less tolerant of, you know, like I want my relationships to be better with my wife, with my kids, with my community, with my coworkers. And it's like uh, at some point, and someone said, like, you know, Andy, like, why do you live in Tennessee? I said, because I used to live in South Dakota. And no offense to South Dakota, but I don't want to live there anymore, right? Yeah. And, and the question is, are you willing to move, right? And I'm not telling people to move, like, out of South Dakota. You can if you want to. It's much warmer here usually. But uh, when are you going to be sick and tired of being sick and tired enough to say, you know what, it's closing time. I'm going to pack up and I'm going to move on from this behavior or this activity. Do you have any stories that kind of relate to that, Wes, and the change? Yeah, I, I do. And, and, you know, it also reminds me of, a, a the, we did, we did a series a while back, Andy, I don't know if you remember, but where, where we talked about that C.S. Lewis quote that's, I think goes exactly with what you just said is that he said the quote, so we're, we're half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink, sex, and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he can't imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily please. And, and that one is, I mean, it's, it's me and it's you and it's, and it's everybody listening at certain aspects of our lives. We get so comfortable with the familiar, so, 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 uh, asleep in the familiar yeah, that we've got to be woken up to, okay, what, what do I need to call closing time on? Cause, yeah. cause every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end and what needs to end so that I can go and break free of that and get to my next level and, and, and we were, we were kind of talking through what, what, I mean, we could, this may be a two-parter. I don't know, just because there's so many things. 
that that we discussed, but I've got a list here and I just, I, 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 I got a list, but to set up this list, here's what I want you to think about. You ever, in my first um, apartment, uh, I don't know if it was like yours, but I had a couch mm-hmm. and it wasn't a couch that I went out and bought because I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. It was a couch that I found. Right. And, and so now it was clean, you know, it wasn't, it was, but it was a curb couch. You ever, you ever get a curb piece of furniture for, you know, you just said clean. And I think there's a lot of people that are like, where are the air quotes on that? Yeah. Right? I mean, well, it's what, relative. Again, your definition of clean yeah. was no visible. That's 19. Party, but, so, you know, yeah, yeah, 19 yeah. year old clean. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was 19. Now that's good clarification. It was 19 but, year old clean. Okay. You know, All right. You ever, you ever, you ever have curb furniture that people leave for it sure. out? You know, sure. you're like, this is, High, uh, you're like cousin Eddie. This is a high quality item. Can That's I right. take this? And you know, so uh, anyway, we had a we had a curb couch, and and you know, it, it did the job. And, and then and then I moved and, and moved in with a group of guys, and the curb couch came with us because it, it you know it, it it worked in the setting we were in. And then and then I I, I moved out and kind of had a really good job, and 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 um, the curb couch came with me not because it like looked good and 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 fit the room. It just it, it was just what you did. It just came along with me. It, it, it was your so, couch. Right. It, it was, was your couch. couch. Yeah. And then I met Jamie, my wife, and and she uh she like was able to see things that I was unable to see, which was that the curb couch, because we were talking about moving into we bought a house and you know, she had she had uh she she you know, seen my apartment and how it was decorated nicely with many deer heads and and uh the curb couch and 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 she thought that a new beginning required some other beginning's end, which is the curb couch wasn't coming with us anymore. Oh my gosh! The curb couch did did, did not fit the Sorry, next buddy. stage of life that we were going to be in. Sorry. And uh, but here's the deal: we all have old couches, and we just keep moving the furniture to that next stage, and it doesn't fit anymore. We need to we need to think about those things. So so I've got a handful of things here, and I just want to I just want to kind of talk through some of these. Andy. All right, let uh, me give you the first one then. Okay. Stop doing, this is a big one. Stop doing planning for free for the privilege, privileges in quotes, by the way, privilege of placing the product. So stop doing planning for free for the quote unquote privilege of placing the product or managing the money. So what do you replace if you stop doing planning for free? Well, here's the tough part here. At least it was for me is you come up, you grow up in this business and the the thing that is taught to you, you you inherit a process, right? You don't define it or decide it. They say, here's what you do. Here's how this business works. And it has you doing a whole lot of things for free so that you get the privilege of putting the life insurance in place or, or getting the opportunity to manage the money. Mm-hmm. And, and it works. Um, but but you reach a point, if you're going to get to a place, if, if, if to you, you believe you have advice worth paying for and, and you want people to pay for your advice, you have to you have to get closing time on that model, and and it's one of the most difficult switches I see advisors ever flip. But once they flip it, Andy, they never flip it back. Yeah, because it's not just now I get paid for this stuff. It's it's the whole client relationships different. Where yeah. the, the difficulty is like sometimes the the when you are paying for your advice or when you're charging for your advice, you will have some people that they're not a good fit for your model that you're at now. And you're looking at the commission that you would have made. You're looking at the money that you possibly could have managed maybe. And you're just seeing, you know, your mortgage, not, not get paid. 
right? Or because you've made your living, every 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 uh, paycheck you've had to that point is based on the old model. So so to call closing time on that and and have enough belief to where you go, no, I think not only are they still going to the mo- you know the people that I really want, there are enough people still going to 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 want to do those transactions with me. But they're going to want to do it because of the value of the transformation that I help them think and see and move more powerfully. And they're willing to pay me for that. So not only do I get the latter, but now I get, I, I, I get, uh, not only do I get what I used to get, but I get what I wasn't getting before, which is I get paid for the professional advice that I offer. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some other things that need to close, which is your perception of what planning is needs to likely change. You know, planning is not just, you know, I printed off this thing and it says a plan on it. And so I'm a planner. You know, um, you know, uh, you know, me going on Google and finding architectural plans and printing them off does not make me an architect. Yeah. No, it makes me capable of printing things. Right. Um, And so, yeah, there's that that is something that you have to stop doing that in the mindset around it in order to start doing something else. Um, This one, I thought, was a great sort of hammer when you're a hammer, everything's a nail uh, comparison. You said you have to stop focusing on finding people for your products. Yeah. Somewhat like the planning, but you know, I just, I know that there's advisors out there. that are just kind of silently shaking them heads, their their heads of themselves because they literally will, you know, when they walk around, they're looking at people saying, Oh, let's see. It looks like they're about this age, this health, they would qualify at this level. I bet they could get this policy. So you're literally just walking around scanning people for your products. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's so true. Well, and and again, the, the, based on how we come into this business, you know, you're 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 trained on a product or 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 a offer of money management, whatever that might be, and so you got maybe two tools in your toolbox, and one of them is a hammer. You know, boy, you're, you're like, where I got to go find people for my hammer? I got to go find nails for this hammer. When you make the mind shift of of instead of going and finding products or finding people for your products, but being the product, being a curator of great ideas. Uh, it, it, it is kind of like you are a, not, not a, a, a hammer. You are a carpenter that's going to build a house that has a tool belt. And, and you are focused on being the product rather than finding people for your product. And people will, it's an atmosphere of influence. It's just different. Um, one of the things we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, in a couple of weeks is is uh, atmosphere of influence that's so attractive that it makes it makes asking for referrals irrelevant because you get so many without asking because what you are is so attractive you're not focused on finding people they find you because of you are a curator of great ideas and it is a it is a game changer but you got to have closing time on the old mentality and you got to decide it before you can step into the new. Justin, is there another layer level of this, speaking as an advisor, about stopping doing something, you know, when you're looking for people for your products, the hammer and the nail? Is is there anything else advisors need to shift within that concept uh, that you think would be helpful to them? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. But it's funny when you're talking about that, I literally see somebody at like a job site just standing there with a hammer, like walking walking over to different projects and just, just looking for the one nail. Right, and then what's what's funny is is a lot of buyers not only do that side, but then they also do an adapter of all, right? Because they show up with their hammer, and then somebody else has the compare compressor and nail gun, and they've already hammered out all yeah. the nails they 
possibly do. There's not even a nail left for the guy showing up with the hammer. Let's closing time on that hammer. Let's get a nail gun, right? At least yeah. upgrade yeah. that side. Yeah, you have to. You have to upgrade. Yeah, it, not every four old four one k rollover is going to be a, a variable annuity. Like it's, you have to adapt to to the changing model of what's available and what's applicable, and then and then also increase your capability because there's also more than one type of hammer, right? Like different types of hammers for different types of jobs. So yeah. I think there's a, an evolution that goes with it. For me, going back on the physical side, like I think about all this and I think no matter what your background, if you're listening and you're an old advisor, you're brand new to this, or you're not even in the advising industry and you, you ended up on a podcast and you're enjoying it, hopefully, that you can relate to the idea of like being overweight. Like there's a discomfort with being overweight. But a lot of people are more comfortable being uncomfortable overweight than they are willing to do the things necessary to change and lose that weight. Even though it'll definitely increase their their productivity and their health and, and how they enjoy things. They're just unwilling to go through that transition and hit closing time on that side. Like, I'm not going to put down my time on the couch and or just eating brownies. I've recently, the gym. I've, I've recently hit closing time on carbs. Not forever, but just just for a period of time while I try and and uh, resonate with what you're saying there, Justin. You know, I will say this too, from the level of like getting your head around this, I, I don't I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the first time I actually saw a nail gun being used, you know, and I, I don't know how long ago it was, you know, maybe I was probably in my teens or 20s or something like that. But I remember seeing one. And I saw someone use one. I mean, I knew they existed, but I saw one. And my mind was literally like, wow, this is not good for the hammer business, right? <laughs> um, but my, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious when I say like my mind took a minute to be like, what used to take so long is now a click of a button, right? Um, you know, you think about like mail and email, like how long would it take for you guys to mail me a letter versus send me an email? Like, there's things that aren't just like, oh, that's a slight improvement. It's like, oh my gosh. But there are still people, and I and I appreciate a good letter every once in a while, but if you need to communicate with me, send me an email. Yeah. It's a little more efficient, right? But there are people who are holding on to hammers. It's like, that's the way that, that I've always done it. And that's that's fine, but it doesn't make it right. It just makes it the way you've always done it. Yeah. Uh, so, Wes, what about stopping the use of administrative energy? What do you yeah. mean by that? Yeah, so this this really is um, stop. stop with, with the, the essence behind this is like if you're a lead advisor, stop focusing on how and focus on who. Um, that the book "Who Not How" is incredible. We've talked about it before, but Dan Sullivan, you know Ben Hardy, just strategic coach. I can't I can't recommend that book more. But um, oftentimes, especially in the beginning. You had to do everything. You were the team and there was no money and no people. And then you figured out the things administratively that come along with the role we play as a lead advisor for, for clients. And some of those things you're real comfortable with. Um, I don't think you're real good at it, but, but for most people, but I think you're probably real comfortable with, you know, pr- uh, making sure the, the uh, new accounts get set up, making sure they get funded. Um, right making sure all the administrative duties associated with that are done. Uh, I think I think that there is certainly a time where you, you just have to. Right. But I think we stay far too long, Andy, in the, okay, let me think about how I'm going to do that. Instead of going, let me think about who I can get 
so that I can think that, I mean, do you think that that's just, is it people don't think large enough or is it a place to hide? I mean, like it's work. It feels like you're doing work. You're, you're, that policy is going to get in place. It's, you know, that policy. If, if, yeah. if this doesn't happen, you don't get the policy in place. So it feels like this is a productive thing, right? Yeah, there, there is this this false uh, honor that I think people bestow upon themselves for saying, man, I'm just so busy. I'm working really hard. And, and you might be busy and you might be working really hard, but is that effective? Is, is that leading to your next level of, uh, of uh, life that you want to grow to? Or is it just keeping you on the hamster wheel and yeah. making you tired? And yeah. Um, you know, I, so I think that there's that. I think also there's there's genuine financial concerns. I think so. Sometimes you know it's a place to hide. People are like, well, what would I do if I'm not doing that? Yeah. Now I've got all this extra time. I got to show up in a different way. Yeah, yeah, new beginnings come from some other beginnings end. I've never seen acceleration like I've seen when people hire a good administrative, someone who's built for that that type of the business. Yeah. You know, there's people that actually like and are good at the things that you dislike and are not probably great yep. at. And even yep. if you're great at it, if you're playing the role of lead advisor, you, you don't you don't need to be doing a lot of those things. It's just not leading you to a better outcome. Yeah. But I think the financial concern is another one. It's like, well, man, I, what if it doesn't like I don't make any more money and it doesn't work? And and we said this all the time, Andy, and you you've said this to hundreds of advisors, if not thousands by now. You don't have to pay their salary all up front. You actually get the whole year to be able to spread that out. And yeah. and if it's not working, you're going to find out and. You can, you know, you can stop, but I rarely see people who, who have the right person in there stop doing that because it just leads to, to outcomes. You're going to, you're going to fill that time with, with high quality activity. Yeah. What I've seen is people who might get the wrong person because they're not great at hiring or whatever it might be, but they quickly find out it's the wrong person. Yeah. Right. It's not like, geez, it was on the 37th date. I figured out this person wasn't the right person for me. Like, no, you're probably going to find out a little earlier than that. Right. Let's talk about a few more. Stop hitting snooze. This is an idea from Mel Robbins. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it also, I was watching an um, interview with Theo Vaughn and Tony Robbins um, this last week. And Theo was talking about how he was doing more hard things in his life. But he said, you know, that it's the hard, maybe actually, I think maybe Tony was saying this. He said, the hard things don't get easier, but it gets easier to start the hard thing. Meaning yeah. like, Tony said, Tony said this about cold plunging. He's like, it's never gotten warmer. I never, it's, I've never gotten in and be like, you know what? This, this is warmer this time. Like, yeah. no, it's always cold. It always hurts. Right. He said, but what I don't do is I don't negotiate with myself anymore, which is, yeah. I think Mel Robbins thing is you don't hit snooze. You just go. So I know it might sound nuanced and a little like overlapping, but the hard thing will still be hard. Like weights to some degree. Yes. Weights get lighter as you get stronger. But we're not talking about that. Like there's still resistance. Right. right. But the, the, the thing that does get easier is you don't negotiate your response. I'm just going to go do that thing, right? Yeah. So this, I guess if the starting gets easier, then that's 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 the only place I think you can really affect it because the water's not getting warmer, right? Yeah. The 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 uh, the, the um, marathon's not getting shorter, right? It, yeah, it's still hard. Mel Mel Robbins, if you if for our listeners, if you've not gone and watched uh, some of her TED talks, she's got some really good TED talks on on this and other, other topics, but it's, it's all about this activation energy. And, and certainly it, it, it is literally about don't actually hit your snooze button. And we'll talk about that, but, but then it's also about how that transitions into all other areas that you need activation energy and, and non-negotiated energy. Um, but the, the snooze button's kind of funny because it's, it's multiple ways. One, it's a, 
It's like you, you first thing in the morning, the first battle you win is with yourself to decide I'm the people like me do things like this. People like me don't negotiate the time I get up. I say, I'm going to get up at this time and this is what I do. And, and, and snooze. If I, if I don't hit the snooze, I win. I win the first tough thing that I have to do that day. Yeah. And, and it actually is a physical effect too, because we, we sleep in cycles and there's all kinds of science and I'm not going to get into a ton of details, but the, the, this, this, when you hit snooze, you, you like re-trigger a sleep inertia cycle. Yeah. It takes you like 90 minutes, uh, like your brain, your brain's on a, on a, on a flight pattern almost. And, and so then you wake up eight minutes later or three snoozes later and, and you, it affects your productivity, your alertness and your brain processing for, for the first four hours of your day versus if you'd have just got up because yeah. you didn't try and reenter the cycle. Yeah. Um, it's pretty incredible, right? Um, well, you, you've, I, I'm sure you're familiar with this, Wes, and probably you as well, Justin, but Seth Godin talks about people like us do things like this. So it's like you don't, you know, like I don't know if you've ever been around. Uh, I'll keep it clean here. But if you've ever been around a group of people and there's no cursing going on and then someone like new comes and they like drop an F-bomb and you're like, yeah, okay. And then if no one else like, kind of picks it up, they might go, oh, wait, this isn't a place for that. Yeah, people, right? people like them to do things like this. <laughs> right. And also the other thing is like, there's just, that can go to the negative as well. But sure. again, it, it's 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 taking control of the behavior. And um, she's a great person to follow on social media, Mel Robbins. Um she does a lot of great stuff, but yes, it's, it's, it's stop hitting snooze, stop delaying because you're not the kind of person who does that. You know, I've, I've injected some habits in my life. And again, it's start of the year. It's a great time to do a lot of those things, but I am telling, I tell myself when that, when I start to creep into, I don't want to do that. It's like, but you're the kind of person who does this stuff. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I guess I am. I am the kind of person who does this stuff. So I'm going to go do that thing. I even if how- it's been, even if it's been for 13 days, it doesn't matter. I'm the kind of person yeah. to- Right. I love I love how how portable that is into all areas of life too. It's just you know, closing time on the snooze button. Every anytime I am I am something I've decided in advance needs to be what it is, and then I am tempted to hit the snooze button on it, go, no, that's people like me don't do things like that. We don't yeah. we closing time that snooze button and it creates a different kind of activation energy and it becomes an auto response. Just yeah. like slapping that snooze button at one point in our lives is an auto response. So yeah, it is it is what I want to encourage someone, anyone's listening to do is in the same way that when you drive a certain route to work, you're like, I always just take that way. Like, you know, I was, I was driving yesterday, driving some folks around, um, and I was on autopilot and they're like, Andy, you just drove by where we needed to go. And I was like, oh yeah, because I was just on autopilot. And if it's true that you can autopilot to something negative, you can also autopilot to something positive. And what I find interesting now as I'm changing some routines is even in, in just two weeks, my autopilot has changed on things. You know, where you put the water temperature on your shower, that's an automatic thing. Like the, everyone who's listening right now or watching knows where the dial goes on their shower when you yeah. get in. You know, like you just, you know, you know where it goes. Like, you know your spot. And my encouragement to you would be adjust that, right? And I'm not talking about warmer, Right. So, but, but th- then it becomes a habit. It's a really fascinating thing. Right. Um, and you might still hate it. I literally hate it every time I do it, but I still do it because people like me do things like this. L- l- what about this one? I, this is a fascinating one. If you let me run with this one, I think it's pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. The, stop confusing norms with rules. So, um, there are things that you can do in video games. You cannot do in real life. That's why they're video games. Right. 
And gosh, this had to be three years ago now, maybe more. But there was a NASCAR racer who um, did not confuse a norm with a rule. There is no rule in NASCAR that you can't. Actually, they might have added one after this guy did this. Afterwards, yeah. <laughs> I think they did add one, uh, if you can confirm that, Justin. But so there is the last, this is, a, you know, NASCAR has these different rules. And I think like the last, the top 10 cars or 15 cars at the end of their quote unquote season kind of go into their playoffs. Like you have to qualify and get a certain number of points based on where you finish. And this guy had to finish in the top four or five to get enough points to be in sort of the championship series or whatever. And he just, you know, you, you've seen this, if you've seen any kind of racing, like he just did not have enough time and turns to get under and around and through if he was going to race like most people race. So he's going into the fourth turn, the last turn of this race and everything on the inside, they're like, there's no way he's going to get there if he tries to go on the inside. It's, he'd be in the grass, he'd spin out. But at the very top of the racetrack, if he gunned it, he could pass them. But the problem is racetracks are tipped in and all the crap from the tires and everything spins to the top, you don't want to be at the top of the racetrack because there's two things there. There's a bunch of stuff on the ground that makes your car slide, and there's a wall. <laughs> so you generally stay away from the top of the racetrack. But you know what he did is he did a game, he did a, a video game move, and he just gunned it. And he gunned it right at that wall after he came through the turn, and he rode his car uh, you know, hundreds of yards along the side of the wall, and it would destroy his car, but he passed people in a way that no one had literally ever seen yeah. anyone do. And he said, you know what? Uh, normally, norm, people don't do that, but there's no rule. That's against right. it. And his car was destroyed, but you know what? He, he won. He won. <laughs> there he won. is indeed a rule now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank, you. Right. thank you for confirming, Justin. You know. Right you know that's a pretty cool, by the way, just listeners. If you if you go onto YouTube and Google uh, oh. or type in Wall Ride uh, NASCAR, it, it it's pretty awesome to watch and the announcer's reaction. But how many times do we do that, Andy, in in areas of our life that that things there's no rule, but it's it's a it's a norm. It's it's become maybe we inherited a yeah. process or a way forward, and all of a sudden you're like, well, I I, I can't do that. Well, why not? Are you, are you challenging, you know, there's rules you certainly should follow. Don't, you know, so if it's a rule, follow the rule. But if it's just a norm, oftentimes you want to normalize some new and you want to say, Hey, look, let's, let's take things that are not a part of our way forward, but why aren't we doing it? Or why aren't we trying it on? And, and let's try and blend it into the rhythm of our normal uh, and, and and see how it goes. You have to have a, a, like a test kitchen or an R and D department to, to really figure out what, what, you know, capabilities you may be missing out on. I want us to do one more uh, quote from Earl Nightingale, which is stop doing what poor people do. Give some really specific examples of this and then we'll wrap up, Wes. Yeah. So this is fun too. You can, you can YouTube this and you can hear this in Earl Nightingale's really cool voice yeah. that he has. Um, because, and this can be taken totally the wrong way. People are like, well, poor people are people too. And yeah, I'm just saying people that are poor at life. It's not about their poverty. It's about right. a habit. You right. Know? It, it totally is. There, there are, you know, things you can, look at that if you want a certain economic condition, uh, you can avoid doing and it will prevent that economic condition. It and um there there's a there's a Saturday Night Live skit uh with Steve Martin in it. And uh and, and it's it's like the husband and the wife and they they're sitting at the kitchen table and they're going, I just don't understand how every month we just seem to be out I don't have any money and and our debts piling up and 
And then it comes in, it's a commercial for a guy's book. He says, I've got the answer. Stop spending money you don't have. Yeah. And they're like, wait a minute. But what if you want something and you don't have the money? Do you buy it anyway? And he's like, no. They're like, wow. Oh my yeah. God. So, but, but honestly, I mean, and this is true of any area of life you want to be rich and not poor. There are, there are habits that you can embrace yeah. that, that you just look around at somebody that doesn't, that has a, a life you wouldn't want in a lot of areas or maybe your own. And this is true of me when I'm auditing how things are going in, in areas of life. And there are things that I do that, well, this is the thing poor people do. And I'm not a poor people. I want to be, I want to live a rich life. So, um, you know, that, and, and again, there's basic economic things we could talk about, like making sure that you've got uh, money going away automatically. That's a, that's a thing poor people don't do because they, they, they manually will save whatever's left after their spend and there's zero. Um, giving money before you save or spend. That is a thing that poor people don't do. People with a lo- low economic, and this is just truth. You can look, look all this up. And people that have a lot give, then save, then spend. It, it's, it, it's, it's fundamental. But if you're not, and, and if you think in the reverse, if you think, well, I'll do those things when I, you're never going to be in the position to be able to do those things. It, it, it works anti what, what you would, what you would normally think. And so you got to, just what, what area, the bigger, bigger question here, Andy, is with what our, our listeners, with what you're trying to become right. and what a rich life looks like for you. What things are you doing that poor people do that are never going to have that kind of life? Yeah. What, all- what are the things that you do that struggling advisors do? What are the yeah. things you do that people with bad marriages do? Yeah. Right. I mean, again, right. we're not, we're not preaching from perfection. We're preaching from, you know, uh, we're in the trenches with you. Like it's a battle. We get that. Yeah. But you have to be honest with yourself and say, I have to stop doing some things. And the great thing is when you stop doing them, you can replace them with better things. So we want to thank you for listening today. This will wrap up uh, this series uh, about productivity and its paradoxes. And uh, Wes, I want to thank you for your leadership through this and Justin, your help as well. Uh, and folks, thank you for listening. We always, always, always appreciate anytime you can leave a review on Spotify. There's a place to add some stars uh, to, to review the show that way uh, or on any um, iTunes uh, podcast app. Um, you can leave a review there as well. That really is the best way uh, that we know of of, um, uh, of this, this show being promoted. Uh, and also, if this episode has been helpful to you, there will be a share icon in whatever app you're using. Send it to someone that you care about and say, hey, I think this will bless you today. I think this will help you today. Um, and uh, we appreciate you sharing that. And we will see you at the next episode. Thanks for listening.